I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney. I'm Kyle Rodder once again, and uh, well, a slightly better today, day today, although I think that's two days in a row now that, uh, that we're up. So heading into this big Fed meeting, very exciting. Yes, it is very exciting, isn't it? It was a really positive session here locally today. Um, look, figures on the screen, clearly the matchup is still happening on the S&P ASX 200, but the SIBO Australia index is closed up by seven, pretty close to eight tenths of a percent. Let's call it that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, a fairly broad-based day of gains as well. Energy rebounding there. You can see the SIBO 200 in the screen, 0.77% higher. The ASX 200 up by 0.9% at the end of cash trade. So again, fairly buoyant going into this big risk event. Yeah, okay. So we've got uh, plenty to speak of in the next 20 minutes or so. Of course, this ASX bounce that we're seeing on the screen right now. Also, it's just all about the Fed, isn't it? The three themes today, the ASX bouncing, the Fed really looming. Gold down. Let's just move in closer here. Gold down, but oil was up. So that sets us up nicely to just have a bit of a chat about the sectors of the day. And to your point, you know, all tech was actually the best performer. The Nasdaq has been so strong lately. Absolutely. I think it was up 6% some uh, last week thereabouts. Continued to rally last night. And you can see some of those maybe slightly higher quality stocks in our tech space. At the very least, we can see there. Computer share up 1.85%. Wise tech, zero by the dip there, I suppose you could say. And uh, block as well, because cryptocurrencies are at uh, 28,000. <laughs> so that, there you go. Double whammy there for block. Okay. So we have seen oil come off slightly in Asian trade, but energy, one of the best performing sectors as well, would up by 5%. I mean, that's that's punchy, isn't it? Uh, Soul Pats, we'll talk about it later in the program, but that actually does uh, report tomorrow. Looks like a bit of an odd uh, inclusion here, but anyways, Beach Energy up by close to 5% as well. But one man's uh, treasure soon has become another man's trash. Yeah, at least for today, gold obviously pulling back just a little bit, fell below $2,000 per ounce in US trade last night. So seeing that being reflected a little bit now, gold miners still up obviously obviously over the last week and a half. Uh, that kind of duration story as well, I suppose you could say, as yields have fallen. But just for the session, Percy's mining for one, down 4.58%, but broad-based losses for our gold miners. Look, I think it's worthwhile Still checking in on the banks. I mean, obviously, strength with the big one there, Commonwealth Bank. Macquarie continues to make up some of the losses it experienced to start the week when we were still more, even more attuned to what was going on in the banking crisis. Look, just thinking back to the conversations that I've been having throughout the day today, started the day with a good one uh, with James Garish from Sean Partners Market Matters talking about hybrids. And uh, you can find it online, osbiz.com.au, just hammering home, you know, the fact that uh, we still do have 
really safe as houses banks here, that the hybrids, um, he reckons, you know, are still uh, sound, but that, you know, the conversation really has changed since uh, Credit Suisse being forced to take over by UBS and those AT1, you know, hybrid bondholders really being wiped out. Yeah, it's uh, something that we've all had to brush up on. And of course, mm -hmm. a lot of folks out there on Twitter and uh, other social media pages now, ex experts in that area of the financial Oh yeah, Coco, well. like everybody's throwing Cocoa, out these Coco yeah, bonds yeah. left, wear, right and center. I, I wear Coco all the time. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, we certainly had to get across uh, 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 some of the fine print, I suppose. That yeah. was the lesson in uh, in some of those assets. Um, some certain covenants there that uh, you want to be aware of in these situations. Look, good chat with David Sikulski from Crower Capital today. He says he was a bit taken aback by the banking crisis as it unfolded. Of course, it feels as if these cycles are going really, really fast. But again, he was at pains to point out the difference between what's going on overseas, what's going on here. He does not think that the European banks look like good value here. He's looking more around the Asian region. Um, stock specifics, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. National Storage REIT has launched a $300 million capital raise to provide funding flexibility for future acquisitions and repay existing debt facilities. Uh, so there's one particular yeah. story for the day. And uh, we also heard from Star Entertainment Group. So it's executives and its chair and a whole heap of trouble. So it's been named Ben Heap, you know, one of those directors to face civil proceedings from ASIC. So he is stepping down, will be replaced at the end of March. Yes, and we also had KMD uh, reporting today, down 6%, as you can see there. Although talked up trading conditions uh, going forward, still not looking fantastic uh, for the stock. Well, it's the retailers, right? You know, yeah. it's just still a lot of uncertainty. Obviously, we've got the Fed to get through tonight, how that will set the tone for the RBA as well. Latitude Financial, it clawed back losses after hitting an all-time low. It's come back online after being in a trading halt. You know, after that massive cyber attack, the company continues to try to identify how many customers have been impacted. As you know, a customer, uh, you know, some of its customers are the likes of JB Hi-Fi. You know, this is bad. And Harvey Norman, which was the stock of the day today. Uh, Do you want to know why? Why? Co-founder and chairman, Jerry yeah. Harvey, mm. Bought 72 million worth of shares over the past month in the wake of its result. If you remember, Harvey thought we were all crazy for not going out and buying the shares in the wake of that result. He said the investor reaction was a um, you know total overreaction because of course earnings were down eight percent. We saw um, profit after tax also down about fifteen percent. Yeah, well, putting your money where your mouth yeah. is. Of course, we had Andrew Whelan from DP Wealth Advisory and Henry Jennings from Marcus Today on the call today. Here's what they have to say about Harvey Norman. I'd be buying or would I be suggesting my clients buying? I would not. I'm not suggesting that they sell. When it was over $5, I was saying they should sell. But uh, I think there could be a little bit more pain, sadly, coming yet. So at best, it is a hold. The problem with Harvey Norman is that it's just very complicated. There's lots of moving parts, but the overriding factor that stops me from going, oh, I'm going to follow Jerry is the fact that we are entering a period where we're being constantly told the consumer is pulling back spending, uh, that we've got this fixed mortgage cliff coming up and, uh, and things are slowing. So it's hard to get enthused on the back of that, not only from the, from the property trust point of view, but also in terms of um, consumer spending. Okay, so a double hold yeah. there from the fellas. But, uh, well, let's get a view on discretionary spending in the economy now. Mark Garner from Macro Capital joins us once again on the COB. Mark, Welcome. I'm, 
feel like there's uh, perhaps no better talk, person to talk about consumer discretionary spending in the economy because, uh, what is it, nine mouths to feed on a, on a weekly basis? <laughs> yeah. It's roughly that. I mean, you'd be very, very well aware of the, uh, the struggles and the tra- travails, obviously, of trying to uh, well, go out to the shops and keep food on the table as well as mm. housing, all the, all the rest clothes, goes into it. Clothes, threads. From an investor point of view, as well as I suppose from a human point of view, I mean, how do you think the Australian economy is going to hold up? Because it, clearly Harvey Norman wants to put his, um, like I said, money where his mouth is. Yeah, I, and I don't disagree, but being a hold, it, look, it depends on your time frame. If you, you know, these high quality retailers in the Australian, uh, you know, consumer discretionary sectors, um, JB Hi-Fi is the best revenue per square metre and Harvey Norman's been around forever and high yield and... You know, they know Nick Scarley, they know their businesses, they're founder-led. So, look, if, you, if your time frame's, you know, a five-year time frame, um, they do offer great dividends and they are survivors. So, and, and I think founder-led, good management um, are really things you want to be, you know, you want to be watching out for. And obviously, if you've got, you know, Jerry Harvey coming in, putting $72 million where he's mouth. Yeah, and, so, and he knows the books more than anybody absolutely else, Absolutely, right? he does. So, and, um, and you find, like, even Nick Scarley, look, it's quite thin in terms of, like, it moves around quite a lot, but within the range but it's the people who are in it are holders so they don't you know they're picking up their dividend every year they've probably been long-term holders a lot of really big fund managers in there they they mm-hmm. who are very confident that you know this thing will continue to outperform um you know going forward so market gyrations are really not you know nothing to be too worried about because it's a high quality business and i think the same would go for you know jb uh, hi-fi as well um and look, LaVisa is a growth, it's a growth story. Uh, that's high quality, well, it's beginning to be high quality. It doesn't have the same track record. Um, expansion at this stage, look, it's a bit of a market darling, but expansion at this stage, you know, may be tough if they pull it off, fantastic. If they don't, well, you know, you might, you know, you might see some downside in those. But I mean, look, I think what it'll end up happening is, you know, you be as, you know, eight kids and two adults to feed. Um, <laughs> Ten, your you just become, are up. yeah. So um, just you become more discerning. Like we shop at Kmart for essentials, or yeah. we buy on special and things like that. There's ways to, um, you know, but things like Woolworths have mobile phones which give you a discount. And I think consumers will, you know, they'll stop shopping for luxury brands mm-hmm. or high-end brands and maybe just start accepting, you know, slightly lower quality um, or not, not well, cheaper, not lower quality in some cases. So. Um, yeah, and then you, you're spending more just direct somewhere else, I, I yeah. would expect. So. Okay, so that's uh, how you're viewing some of those retailers. Thanks for that, Mark. And you're welcome for those of you who really love stock conversations. But let's be real. It's all about the Fed, isn't it? It's all about what Absolutely. Jerome Powell says after this decision is made. Yeah, I, look, there's 70, I think last check, 78% uh, chance of uh, 25 basis points. I think it actually be worse for the equity market if they don't go. Yeah. Um, I think that will will spark a, a um, which is not a bad position for the Fed to be in. Realistically, they need to their mandate is to fight inflation and control employment. It's not really their job to be fixing the financial system, um, even though obviously they have to be involved in terms of um, liquidity and things. So I think just doing what the ECB did, providing what was expected, um, is probably the best result for the, um, for the equity market overall. But um, I think we're, we'll, as we sort of start to look forward, I think we'll stop worrying about how high the terminal rate is now and probably start worrying about you know, the first line um, of you know, businesses that deal directly with the Fed is obviously the banks. And 
I think what you'll see is you know banks liquidity issues. They're not going to be lending. There's going to be less less capital out there for businesses to use. And I think people will start. The market will switch within the next sort of month or so to focusing on you know the recession that's obviously coming. I mean, if it's causing banking collapses, um, you know I think people will start to um, you know go risk off and. We'll start to see spending. You know, those those rate hikes are really coming through, hitting consumer spending. Um, and you know, when when employment does turn around, we're at record lows at the moment. If you had a look at any chart of um, you know of unemployment rates after um, you know sharp rate hikes uh, cycles, mm-hmm. it goes up fast, really fast. So, okay. is I think they you know. I think even if we if it reduces the amount of hikes left to come, um, I think you know once that's passed, I think we start to worry about the health of the economy because, as you've seen in, in previous moves like this, you know banking sector is where it hits first, and then it and then it filters out to the real economy over the next over the preceding two to three months. So, I'm just re- I'm just remaining cautious, keeping high cash balances. Um, just you know, just in case, and because uh, I really don't see particularly something like the Nasdaq, even though those mega caps are very cashed up, they um, they're all cyclical businesses. Um, so you know, Microsoft, Amazon, Google—they're not going to be immune to an economic downturn. So buying into that as a safe haven is possibly you know a little bit short-sighted. Although I kind of I, I do understand, given the, the gravity, the, the huge size of their balance sheets, why people perhaps ran to um, ran to those mega cap, uh, mega caps um, because they do—they're sitting on piles and piles of cash. What if they don't signal the uh, that they're open to, to cutting rates at some point? Because if you look at uh, say euro dollar futures implying a, a Fed funds rate potentially or interest rates in the United States appear at four percent by the end of this year, and that cutting should begin in the middle of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they don't go that far, which is pretty extreme for them to do, effectively pivot, is that going to really rattle the markets? Because it's it's, it's in the price, I would assume. I, I think I, it's a very rare occasion where you probably should ignore the euro dollars. Um, the move index is at record uh, bond volatility is at close to or near record highs. Yeah. Um, I saw an animation so, the other day of oh, that curve and I how it has moved. Well. It's yeah. crazy. So I, I don't think you know we're still having twenty five basis point ranges of an evening um, in the in the US session for two year uh, bond yields. So I think that's the, you know. You're very you're cherry picking, probably saying you know July cuts. I think that's more people were caught out, and they're you know they're still getting squeezed. I think that will that will normalise because the Fed's not going to pivot in July. Mm-hmm. They're um, we're still at six percent inflation, so and the target's two. There's no way inflation. I mean, we only have three figures between now and then. So yeah. it's, it's it's just um, it's impossible. But you know, in bond futures and um, and short term interest rate futures, it's margin calls. You got to get out. You got to get out, and that's what causes those massive overreactions. It's not really the same as equities, where you're playing yeah. with cash, like you're playing with highly leveraged money. So. You know, if your clearer turns around and says to you, you must get out, well, you've got to get out uh, or come up with the cash. So is this going to be one of those things, yeah, considering that, you know, obviously bond uh, equities and other assets will take their leads from volatility in the bond market, potentially, that we could have three days of trying to digest this, I, where I, things are going up and down, and the narrative is, oh, no, this is a good thing for markets, this is a bad thing for markets. Yeah, I, I think we'll just see a lot of this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what the Fed needs to do is just play a very straight bat and just bring some calm back to markets. I mean, banking stocks have come back a little bit. Obviously, you know, 
if that was if we were going to pivot and 100 basis points of cuts was going to happen, well, these banking like banking stocks would be a lot lower. So safe to say, Mark, you are remaining defensive now heading into this meeting. Mm. But what you're saying, in essence, for viewers, is that you'll still be remaining pretty defensive after this meeting. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just it's a it's definitely a bit of a situation where you know 20 percent cash, or we've got we've got about 10 to 15 percent in. Um, in investment grade and, tri- and uh, corporate bonds as well, because we've had a spike in the corporate bond yields, so locking in those really high rates there, and and yeah, just sitting and waiting for the moment. Because back in two thousand and seven, a couple of banks fell, and then it took a cu- then the Fed came and said, um, um, basically that you know everything was okay. We went we went up sideways and rallied for a couple of months, and then that was then it nosedived. So I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen this time, but. I, I think it just still having a high cash balance as it stands to take advantage of opportunities and not get over allocated yeah. um, is probably your best play because I don't think you're going to miss out on much to the upside. So who's going to be on their Twitter when they roll out of bed tomorrow morning? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, Carl. Oh, he'll be uh, in front of his screen. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be here. Head. I'll be. I'll sleep yeah. under the desk tonight. How's that? All right, Mark Gardner, Macro Capital. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Let's get across what's happening overnight. I mean, do we even need to say it? We've got the Fed. We've got the FOMC decision that's followed up by that uh, usual media conference that's been held by the Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell. What will he say? And, you know, a sloppy second, I guess you could say, UK inflation, but still a really important read. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot of, uh, well, back and forth as to what the, the Bank of England could do, which is actually meeting in the next 24, is, 48 hours night. too. Yeah. So something that's, uh, that will be influential there. But uh, I guess those who are playing at home as well. Um, the uh, clock changes. I know this is a, a, a little bit irrelevant, but we obviously we had a change to daylight savings, so that uh, meeting will be a little uh, an hour earlier than what it would be Our otherwise. Our clocks change. Well, no, we had daylight savings change. Oh right, uh, okay, right. Weekend. So it's six o'clock is what you're saying. Instead uh, of yeah, it's five o'clock now. Oh, it's five the, o'clock now. Yeah. Oh god. Anyway, um, if you want to get up to trade this, I don't sleep anyways. It's fine. All right, let's get a look at what's happening tomorrow. We've got uh, some company news actually. So Pattinson reports, Brickworks does, Sigma Health, as well as Premier Investments. So we've actually got a little bit of corporate news on the horizon as well. Yes. Let's get across some of the leaders and the laggards on market today, starting with those leaders in the energy space. You can see the theme. Absolutely, a bit of a bounce back there. Obviously, sort of taking to the cleaners, really, we've seen a pretty significant drop in the underlying oil price over the last few weeks. You can say even perhaps these share prices become somewhat dislocated from the underlying oil price at different stages. But, well, New Hope also delivered that update yesterday to um, half-year results. So seeing another 4.5% gain to its share price. We spoke with a really great guest. She's very insightful into the energy markets today. Her name is Vandana Hari from Vandana Insights. And that interview is up online if you would like to take a listen. I'm just noting that outside of the energy space, just for some color, uh, we've got Mesoblast. It's up by close to 5%. So it's got, well, of course, it's some sort of release on FDA, um, you know, license approval. This one, it looks as if it's just a licensing um, inspection, but it's just a very volatile stock on all of those news points, you know, and data points that come from in relation to a drug approval. And Appen, Appen, I'm just sort of curious about. It's up by about 4%. It looks as if we've had some director buying, but I did have a chat with Grady Wolf from Bell Potter, or she's from Bell Direct. Bell Potter analysts have a sell 
on Appin. APX is the ticker code. So if you'd like to listen to yeah, a view from Bell Potter on three stocks, you can do so. It's up online, osbiz.com.au. Okay, let's look at the laggards now. And while we sort of foreshadowed it earlier, it was a weekday for gold miners. I actually wouldn't mind having a look at where they are over the course of the week if uh, I can tap away here. But as you can see on the screen, the big laggards, Silver Lake Resources down by 6.03%, Regis down by 5.3%. The overall gold sector for the day down 2.5%, uh, but for the week, it's still up 2.3%. So still uh, obviously benefiting from that bank instability as well as uh, bets of rate uh, potentially. Yeah, Gold Road actually has a bit of an investor presentation that's been released to the ASX. It's at an Ordmanet mining conference. So if you'd like to get a bit more detail on Gold Road, you can do so. Carl, I had a chat with uh, Kanish Chug from Global X ETFs about gold. Obviously, they've seen a lot of inflows into their mm. gold, physically backed ETF. But we had a bit of a chat around silver and we don't always talk about silver. I mean, it doesn't quite follow gold when it comes to safe haven status as it's got, um, you know, industrial use as well. But that's uh, an interview that you might like to catch up on uh, if you got a bit of time. Yeah, actually, tonight. and uh, had Carl Kaplinger too on the trade um, discussing okay. some gold names as well. So, uh, well, all the glitters, blah, 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 blah. So okay. a good day for that. Okay, in the small to mid-cap space, let's just see if we can find some stories here. Sezzle, it, uh, it continues to transform the business, continues to pursue that NASDAQ listing up by 10% today. And on the flip side of the equation when it comes to the small to mid-cap space, Credit Clear uh, was on small caps yesterday. I hope that has nothing to do with its share price down by 8% today and New Century Resources. It's got a bit of a bid on the table. I'm not sure if there's any movement in relation to that, but we'll be looking into it when we get off air for all of you um, small cap and mid cap lovers out there. Absolutely. Well, uh, I guess we should probably call it a day anyway, but uh, what's it now? Countdown 24 hours less than that, 12, uh, yep. sorry, I should say hours until the big decision. Uh, I've actually got Joseph Wang, Fed guy to those out on Twitter, uh, but an ex-Fed trader talking about it on the big picture tomorrow, wrapping things up. So I'm very uh, excited about that. Looking forward to that. Look, a final figure for the S&P ASX 200, which is now closed at up by nine tenths of a percent, 7,016, let's call it that, for the S&P ASX 200. Week to date, well, by three tenths of a percent. Who would have thunk it with all of the uncertainty with this big risk event looming as well? Uh, we will see. Six o'clock, you're telling me. Six o'clock is five, when? 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Oh, my set, God. Set, set you your dials, press <laughs> conference, sort of six o'clock, whatever. All right, it's been great to be here with you. We'll see you tomorrow morning. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.